everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. I am your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Pierre. First and foremost, we would like to say that we really do appreciate all the support from our followers, especially through season one. And for those who just started listening to our podcast, we do appreciate the support. We can't say it enough. It's been a nice journey and we want to continue down the road. Yeah, this is this has been an amazing adventure that we're on. And again, shout outs to Key for getting me on board. I'm loving it and it's just it's just fun in the studio kicking it. <laughs> so what are we gonna get into today, Key? Um, well, first, we're going to talk about this romp him trend. Um, there's been a bit of a hype or talk about it on social media. And just to give a bit of a backstory, um, about a week or so ago, there was a picture of several men in, like, rompers. We females call it rompers, but it's called romp him. And they were, like, in different colors and patterns. Some of them was floral. And it was popping champagne and um, just to give a little bit more information about that, so there's these group of people from Chicago. They go by Team ACED. They go by Alex, Chip, Elaine, and Daniel. They were basically sitting, um, hanging out one day, talking about men's fashion, and they kind of came up with this idea in a sense. And they had a Kickstarter campaign. And when you go on the site itself, you get to see all the variations in the romp him and colors and floral prints. I mean, one of them is actually sold out, so it's actually doing really well. And as a result of the picture, people have been like going back and forth as to, it's been a conversation piece. Is this appropriate? Is it cute? Well, it's something that you'll wear. And I don't know, I just, I find it to be really interesting that a picture turned into a conversation that turned into a viral thing on Twitter and social media. And now it comes down to whether men will wear it for the summer or not, or moving forward for that matter. What is your take on it since you a man, you know? So, right off the bat, I am pro-romper <laughs> for men. But for me specifically, I just need to caveat that by saying, when I do get my romper, I'm going to make sure I'm on fleek physically. Cause I'm going to have it opened down to like the belly button, get a little abs showing, a little chest, a little chest action for the ladies. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, fashion is just all about expressing yourself and you can wear whatever you want to wear as long as you feel comfortable in it and you like it. Who cares what other people think, what other people's opinions are of it? So yeah, that's that's my, my take on it. Well, I'm glad you're open-minded about that. I mean... For those of you who know Pierre, he's very versatile with his style. And I do like your style. You're very trendy. Thank and you, you, thank you. And you take chances on things. I mean, you wear a pink shirt and rock the hell out of it. I peep that. Shout out to my ex. She got me onto floral. <laughs> I'm not going to give her her name a plug, though. <laughs> Too late. I'm sure she knows who she is. But um, I just didn't understand, like, why is it called romp him instead of romper? Because it's essentially the same thing as to what a woman would wear. Yeah, I think the, the reason they call it romp him, I think a lot of people are getting confused with the fact that rompers have been out for a while. Like, you can go back to Sean Connery and James Bond rocking a romper on the beach, and the the list just goes down. I think you're going to get further into that key. But the romper's been around for a while, and it's it's nothing new. It's just because the era we're living in, these guys created their brand called Romp Him, which 
I think is dope because they have a zipper. They definitely upgraded the romper, took it to that next level. I'm sorry, ladies. Yes, we have a zipper on our That's romper. That's super convenient. It definitely is. But at the same time, as a woman, even if it had a zipper, we still would have had to take it off. Theoretically speaking, how we use the bathroom, if yeah. you could envision that. So we don't have like a thing that sticks out <laughs> like you guys. We're not fortunate in that aspect. So technically, even if it did have a zipper, we would probably still have to take it off. It would just be a little bit more easier because some of our rompers may be a wraparound or something we tie in the back. So um, with that, I think it would be pretty efficient. I guess my concern is is that the conversation around the romper and men is like, Wearing it there may be too feminine or if a man was to wear it, it will kind of insinuate what his sexuality is in terms of him being like gay or whatever the case may be. That's the conversation I've been seeing around it, which to me is like, okay, like it shouldn't be the case because whether a guy wear that or not, that doesn't define his sexuality. It's just a matter of fashion and kind of being vocal in a sense through your clothing as to how you, you know, represent yourself in that matter. I know for me... When I wear certain things, I express myself through my clothing. So I just, the conversation around it is, to me, it's kind of weird. Because if you don't want to wear it because, like, I don't feel comfortable wearing it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, I'm not going to wear it because I feel like my sexuality is going to be put into question. It's like, really? Like, we're in 2017. Fall all the way back with that whole ideology and that concept. But for me, like... Would you be wearing that in the summertime in, like, Brooklyn, Brownsville, Bed-Stuy? I just want to know. I well, just keep it on it. Okay, I definitely... Like the floral prints? I will not be rocking a, a romper with the floral print in Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, anytime soon, but... What's anytime soon? Because it's slightly gentrified, so I just want to know. What I'm going to say is, my homegirl, she mentioned, once Fab rocks the romper... It's a wrap. Everyone in Brooklyn's gonna be wearing it too. Might might throw it on with some Tims or just switch it up somehow. But in the summertime, though, y'all gotta chill with them Tims, man. I, I'm not. A, I'm, me personally, I'm not a Tims man, but y'all gotta chill. I I just think when it comes to fashion, people are just followers. At the end of the day, if a celebrity, someone they look up to, like, is doing something, everyone's gonna jump on that wave and. I, t I say it now. If Fab rocks a romper, everyone in Brooklyn's gonna be wearing it too. I mean, like, let's take it a step further. Jay Z rocked it. Facts. <laughs> like, come on, let's keep it on it. They might not. They might not transition to it right away, but that transition will slowly happen. I feel like with hookahs, people who smoke hookahs. I feel like hookahs became like a thing a couple of years ago. Like when I go out and party, I'd never saw people smoking hookahs but then you started seeing hookahs in all the music videos and like la marina uptown first time i heard about la marina was through some friends because they lived uptown and they went there yeah. but then once fab was in la marina talked about it in one of his songs it was a spot exactly so i just think it's all this stuff is all about trends and things going viral right now it's going viral and there's like some people hate it some people love it but it really doesn't matter. And you could speak more on this. This has been around for a while and people have been wearing them. This isn't something that just came out of nowhere. It has been, actually. And um, being that there's so much conversation around it, like some people on social media has have conducted some further research on it. Like, for instance, Vibe Magazine, they did basically a whole article speaking about how artists in the past were um, specifically like DMX and Get At Me Dog music video. 
P. Diddy, also known as Puff Daddy, wearing a romper in the More Money, More Problems music video. Tretch in Naughty by Nature wore it in a Jamboree music video. Andre 3000 have worn that at one point as well. And Snoop Dogg, when he did a live performance of the Source Awards in 1999. And also, to kind of make it more current, before we even get to it being current, also being mindful of the rompers that they wore back in the day, I felt like the length of it was a little longer in comparison to what I see in the spiral picture that's going around with Kickstarter. Yeah. I didn't see them in floral prints, but they were wearing something that is similar to a romper back in that time frame. So it has always been around. It has transformed over time, but it's always been around. But to make it more current, you know, Cam Newton wore it at Coachella this year, and he wore, like, a floral print. And I'm going to keep it 100. He looked good in it. I don't know if it's because his body is right and tight, but it just... And he's been very adventurous with his fashion. That's one thing I could give to him. He will wear anything as long as he wants to wear it. And, um... I think in that aspect, and I really give him, I really commend him on the times I see him do interviews or go to certain outings and the stuff that he wears. He takes chances in his fashion. To me, the way he acts and represents himself through his fashion is like he's being unapologetically different, you know? So I think that's really important to kind of keep in mind. One, I like the plug. That was, that was pretty <laughs> cool. And two, for the fellas out there, just to make it clear, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. She said it was because the body was tight. You can just ignore <laughs> all that other stuff. All that other stuff. It's summertime. Stop playing games. Get in the gym. Leg day. Don't skip it. All it's right. not even back, just back, that. Back to our regular tune program. I mean, maybe it's that because I don't know. And that's the thing too because in the picture that went viral, there's different guys wearing it. There's like a a guy that's a little bigger, and there are guys that are slim. Um, so I guess it depends on how you wear it and switch it up. I'm not. Cam Newton, for an example, he just did, he did look right in it, and I believe he had a fedora hat on too, so it just kind of flowed. But whether you're fit or not, I think you should be able to wear it. Um, whether you classify yourself as gay or straight, you should wear it. You should not feel as if that this kind of wardrobe or this outfit is going to define your sexuality as to who you are. And I think I would rather see less conversation about someone's sexuality be put into question for wearing this outfit than opposed to hey, I'm going to try it out, or I'm just not into that. That's just not my style. And that's fine. Just keep it, you know, keep it 100 and keep it pushing. Um, but I just think some of the conversations surrounding about it and defining men masculine, um, masculinity and putting that into question, that's when it becomes problematic. And we have to question, like, why does it have to be derived in that light? And plus, we're in 2017. Wear whatever you want as long as you're comfortable, you're happy, you look good in it. Yeah, people are way too concerned about what everyone else is doing. Just mind your business. Go about your life. <laughs> Seriously. Mind your business and drink lots of water. Um, so we're going to switch it up a little bit and talk about Miss Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is back. And she is no longer hip-hop. Dum-dum-dum. Miley Cyrus conducted an interview with Billboard magazine where she stated, quote, but I also love that new Kendrick Lamar song, Humble. Show me something natural like ass with some stretch marks. I love that because it's not come sit on my dick, suck on my cock. I can't listen to that anymore. That's what pushed me out of the hip-hop scene a little. It was too much. Lamborghini, got my Rolex, got a girl on my clock. I'm so not that. End quote. Gasp. <laughs> So she she's been getting a lot of backlash about that interview with Billboard and her current stance on hip hop. I know you got 
real feelings on this, Key. So I'm gonna let you just take it away. Um, my take on it is pretty much similar to an article that I read from The Root. It's called Dear Miley Cyrus, Hip Hop Culture Never Needed You and It Won't Miss You. This was written by Preston Machum. And I think he touched on a lot of valid points that were stated throughout that piece. And primarily speaking to about white artists exploit exploiting black people for profit, that their evolution is nothing more than a transparent attempt to regain trust from white people, especially in the Trump era where white identity politics reigns supreme. That's kind of deep. You know, he took it to another level. But I do appreciate his honesty, and I do think it's in fact true. I think in regards to Miley Cyrus, I'm not sure what she's doing. If she's gone through a phase or it's like, I want to be that good, wholesome girl that I was before that country girl. And, you know, at the time when she was a rebel and she was literally <clears throat> grinding on stage and trying to twerk on stage in her performances... And, you know, doing songs with Will I Made It, whatever the case may be. I think at that time it was a rebel moment for her. The problem that I have with that is that she, the media equated her being a rebel to her being um, involved in hip-hop music as if it turned her into that, like she wasn't her own person. What is it, The issue with what she said is she makes it seem as if hip-hop is solely about being misogynistic and riding on someone's cock. Now, we all know hip-hop is not perfect. I, like I done said before in previous episodes, I'm a hip-hop head. I grew up on hip-hop. I love hip-hop. But I do have my problems with it just as much as any other woman who listens to it and may be an avid fan. And there was one tweet that stuck out to me the most a while ago by Ava DuVernay. I love me some Ava DuVernay, by the way. And she tweets August 16, 2015, to be a woman who loves hip-hop at times it's to be in love with your abuser because the music was and is that and yet the culture is ours. And this is true. I think this sums up exactly how people like me, women like me may feel when it comes to hip hop. It's like you're in love with your abuser depending on what kind of music you listen to. You know, sometimes hip hop music is, is um, infiltrated with a lot of misogynistic meanings and terms and in some aspects to great women. But the problem that Miley, problem with Miley, Miley Cyrus in her interviews that she equates hip-hop to just being that as if they're not credible artists out there who are actually speaking about social injustice issues in the community and th talking about things that are actually valid. I believe Chuck D said it a while ago, hip-hop is like the CNN of the black culture. I don't recall her saying that in her interview. I don't recall her tying that into her interview. She just made it seem as if it's only misogynistic, and this is why I kind of shy away from it. However, she does like Kendrick Lamar's new song and spoke about the facts about stretch marks, which is great. I'm glad that she liked that, even though there was some backlash from, there was some black woman who felt a certain type of way about him stating that, and we spoke about that in previous episodes, and I was fine with it because I said, wow, a rapper is actually speaking about liking a woman's stretch marks, which is rare. Like, he's not talking about, he's talking about not utilizing Photoshop, and to me... That meant something to me because I don't hear a lot of rappers talking about those things. However, I do get other women who may have had an issue with it. It's just I didn't. It wasn't an issue for me. But to bring it back to Miley Cyrus, it's a matter of appropriating our culture as a trend, as a phase. And it's one thing if she said, listen, at one point I was into hip-hop, you know, but now I've changed and I'm into different kinds of music. And that's fine. That happens to you, Pierre, because aren't you into EDM and are you into hip-hop and you switch it up? Yeah, like... 
I started off listening to hip hop, rap battles, and I loved it. But then as I got older, going out more, checking out different club scenes, I kind of got more into the house music and EDM dance music. But recently, I kind of gotten back more into the hip hop scene. But now that it's summertime, I, I'm listening to my Calvin Harris. I'm going to Vegas in a month, so I'm like, I'm getting that house music pumping in my ears again. So. My t- I love all types of music, and like you said, sometimes you want to listen to hip-hop. Sometimes you might be going through a breakup, and you just listen to the Confessions album and just R&B all summer long, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But, yeah, she definitely attacked the entire, cult, the, the entire culture and just tried to marginalize it and make it seem like it's only just misogynistic lyrics, and that's all it's about. And to me, it makes me question, did she venture off and listen to other artists? Like, Common, for instance. He yeah. doesn't really talk about, about riding cock or anything of that. So, like, he's talking about real issues. And his music is relatively positive. So, it makes me question, like, did she specifically pick out certain artists that she listened to and kind of attribute it to riding cock or whatever the case may be? <laughs> like, I just don't even understand it. Like, for a while, she was out of the limelight. Now she came back, she did an interview. I just felt as if... You know, you're on a platform and what you say matters and what you say does make a difference. And, you know, people like me and you may listen to the interview and be like, well, that's not hip hop and keep it pushing. But what about her audience, people who go to her shows who may not listen to hip hop like that? Right. They could have had an opportunity of like venturing off and trying out hip hop music. Like, well, I'm not listening to it now because she done said, you know, all of these things about it. And I don't really want to venture off and listen to it. And I just wanted people to be mindful of it. Like, I hope that you took her interview with a grain of salt and not make that assumption because that's not what hip hop is all about. Um, like I stated before, yes, we are aware there are some misogynistic lyrics that are utilized and there's some things that only pertain to materialistic items and maybe not this whole new trap kind of music. Now, some trap, people are not, trap, 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 trap. <laughs> are not really feeling it as much because some of the lyrics and what it insinuates and that's okay. If that's not what you're into, that's fine. But that is not the core values of hip-hop. And I was just, when I listened to that, I was just like, okay, now I see why people came out and kind of had something to say about what she did and they were speaking against it. And I just thought it was very relevant. And to me, it goes back to the conversation about, you know, our culture in some aspects being appropriated by some white artists. Like, she's not the only one. There are other artists that has utilized our culture and it has benefited them tremendously. And, you know, it's like, oh, at this moment it's hot. It's a benefit to me. I'm going to utilize it. But then now it's like I'm going to peel back and it's it's not working for me anymore. I, I feel like I'm kind of torn in terms of the appropriation of the culture. Yeah. Because I think with music, music should be for everyone. Music something that's free and anyone can practice play whatever type of music they want it's just about self-expression same way with the fashion and i think it's i don't want to say oh you're white you can't do hip-hop or you're black you can't do country Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be i think it's everyone should be entitled to create whatever they want to create but i do see that argument um where you'll go to like the R&B section on iTunes and or jazz, for example, and you'll see predominantly white artists 
but that 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 music genre started off predominantly black and and even rock and roll. Right. We started it. And then there's a lot of black artists who are making jazz and who are making R&B right now, but that's not the music that's getting promoted. So I think it it kind of opens up uh Pandora's box in terms of what music is getting promoted out there, but then it it also leads me to ask like who's actually buying the music? Mm-hmm. Because the people who are actually spending the money on the music, I think those are the people who are going to get marketed to. Like it's I remember the first time I went to a Jay-Z concert at Madison Square Garden, it was predominantly white people in the crowd. And I was like kind of surprised by that. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I I would have thought it would have been more black people. Like I was like maybe 14 years old, my yeah. first concert. So I think that probably has something to do with it as well. The people who are spending the money on the concerts, on albums, those are the people who are supporting the artists. So I don't know. Do you get, do you get where I'm coming from? or I get the angle that you're going at in terms of the people who are buying the music. But that, to me, I don't know if that is an encouragement for white artists to, I'm going to utilize it, um, appropriate our culture for the sake of being a part of hip-hop or R&B. Um, I get the angle that you're, you're going for, but I think more so like if it's a black artist who caters to that kind of demographic because they're supporting their music, that's different. But to speak more specifically to a white artist that is like Iggy Azalea, who is a rapper, and she has a lot of backlash and people saying how, you know, she got her butt done and she is trying mm-hmm. to utilize, you know, try to appropriate our culture um, even Macklemore, he came out, he did an interview with Hot 97, he spoke about it. He understands why people feel that way. He understands why people was upset. And one thing I appreciate about the interview is that he understands. He's just like, I feel as if when a person of color is talking about their oppression or something along those lines, you need to be quiet, you need to listen. And also not just a matter of you being a white artist, but in trying to utilize hip-hop or R&B, but like being involved in the community and what's going on in our social injustice um, on a bigger scale. Like, to me, it's like, okay, you want to utilize hip-hop, R&B, you want to do all of that, but when real issues are happening to us in our communities, you're not really speaking about it on your platform. And to me, just to kind of just switch it up a little bit, it's just I feel as if when a white artist is to either, like, explore hip-hop or R&B or that kind of genre... I'm not saying they don't work hard. They do. I'm not saying artists in the industry are not working hard, but it is easier for them to be elevated through those genres than it is a person of color or a black person. When Justin Timberlake came out, he was on the scene for a minute, came back, and he did an album, and then there were talks about, oh, R&B came back, and I was just like, wait, it never left. You have mm-hmm. Usher, you have Neo, you have Genuine, you have Tyrese, and that's just to name a few. Why is it that we give artists like Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber, like, we put them on a pedestal as if they set the bar for R&B? And some of them can't even hold a note comparison to other R&B artists that are out there. So, like, and then now it's like R&B has kind of withered away. They're saying it's more on the pop end. And I think R&B artists want to be a little bit more versatile because it's just, like, the audience that and it has transformed over the years. Um, but also I think, too, what sticks out to me is what, um, J. Cole said on Fire Squad, which is one of my favorite songs, and he basically stated, like, the same thing that Elvis did with rock and roll, Justin Timberlake, Eminem, and then Mac Lamore. While silly dudes argue over who's gonna snatch a crown, look around. 
White people have snatched the sound. This year, you'll probably go to the awards dapper down, watch Iggy win a Grammy as I try to crack a smile. And I'm, that's, that's very valid as to what's happening. It's like the potential chance of her winning a Grammy, even though it didn't happen, it's like you have a more likelihood of winning it than me, and I've been in the game longer. Or I've worked just as hard as you, if not harder. Yeah. You know, so I don't have... The, the problem is, and with Miley Cyrus and kind of bringing it back to her, is that when you trying to be a part of these genres like hip-hop and R&B that don't get the same credibility, I feel, as like pop music, be cognizant of what you're doing. Like, this is not a trend that you just try on and just be like, okay, it worked. People think I'm cool. I'm versatile or whatever the case and I'm down for the black experience and you get your little accolades and it's like oh, I want to switch up now I want to be a nice girl that's my problem with it don't utilize our culture as if it's not has not been used enough has not been appropriated enough to benefit you and your agenda and if that's the approach that you want to take and you want to be on that platform make sure you know what you're saying and you're saying it correctly because now you just marginalize as to what you said earlier about, oh, hip-hop and what it stands for, when that's not the basis of hip-hop. That's just one aspect of it. So it's just something that, I, I mean, I do see your point, but I just feel as if that a lot of these artists, um, these white artists that has the opportunity to venture off and try different music and be accepting in hip-hop and R&B just need to be cognizant and mindful of the culture that they're trying to represent or the trend that they're trying to do because... For them, it may be a trend, but, like, when we're rapping about stuff in our communities, police brutality and, like, murders, that's not a trend for us. That's our reality. That's what we wake up to every day. That's what we see. So when we have artists like Lil Wayne and um, Pusha T or anybody that's sort of talking about real issues in our communities, it's not a trend. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like art imitating life and vice versa. So that was my whole take on her interview and... Clearly, she has gotten some backlash on it. We're not the only ones that think a little bit indifferent to it. I just want to say, when you were rapping, I could see you on the mic. <laughs> he got bars. If you're listening, Jay-Z, you, so you might got a, a new artist on your hand. <laughs> you a mess. Not even, though. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So for those of you guys who watched Lip Sync Battle, there was a recent episode with Yaz the Great from Empire. And if you watch Empire, you know him as Hakeem Lyon. And on the show, he did a performance of Taylor Swift's We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Amazing song, by the way. He killed that performance, though. I ain't even gonna lie. With the wig and the outfit? Definitely did. I, I was dying. <laughs> I was literally dying when they ripped it off and it just split into two. I was like, this guy. I like that pick outfit he had. I was like, you cute? <laughs> yes, honey. But yeah, so there's been some talks about the, the performance and some people feeling that him dressing up as a woman is kind of emasculating for the black male. And how do, how do you feel about that, Key, in terms of just seeing whether it's performers, comedians, actors who are black males dressing up as women in their performances? Um, I think in regards to him and what he did, I was like, okay. But at the time, I was watching it with one of my male friends, and he did say like he was bothered by it because he was just like, he feels as if you know, black men are succumbing to these kinds of roles of um, transforming themselves as a black woman or whatever the case may be, or a woman in that case, um, to be considered funny. I, Aside from the Yaz performance, I've noticed on social media that over the years or so, 
there has been like this up and coming culture of black men who dress up and act like black women and they're comedics or whatever the case may be or whatever they classify themselves as comedians. At first when it, the, the videos touched the scene, it was kind of cute. just laughing a little giggle here. But now it's like I don't even watch them. I don't entertain them because they're not really funny. And to me, I just think it feeds into the stereotype of how black women may be perceived as and it's not exactly true or fitting. And I don't really care for it. And I just... I just can't understand why it's this like trend like to name a few is like Prince Marnie blame it on Quay quite Perry and billionaire MH those are the name a few who's on social media who have basically been who have basically been dressed as women and you know kind of been doing like little skits and stuff like that and they've been having a good following if that's their thing okay but the fact that this is this has become a, a trend and I'm not really fond of it and I'm not really feeling it. And I don't understand at what point was this transformation happening at such high rates and why. And I guess I tie it back to like even black men in roles like Tyler Perry and how Martin Lawrence playing Big Mama. Like how is it that black men have to be dressed in certain, has to be dressed up as black women in order to perform or to be taking and I guess talented in Hollywood or however they describe themselves as I just don't understand why they cannot just act certain roles without doing that like at what point does it says that this is necessary this is the, the route I have to go for me to gain credibility and I guess I'm torn it's like are some black men doing it because they want to be perceived as cool and not as serious because you know how black men stereotypes is black angry male or whatever I'm angry and, all the time <laughs> and so I'm just like is it is that what it is like let me dress up as a woman and I make fun of black women so you take the pressure off of me and how I am perceived to the world and you just attribute it you attribute it to black woman and make fun of her in the process and I guess that's my problem with it if I have seen more numbers of black women dress up as black men and feed into the stereotypes and be comedians or whatever they classify themselves i could be like all right i see like there's a little bit of a tie but i don't see that mm. maybe one or two but it's not i just feel like it's in droves like yeah. black men dress and i just don't understand why you have to go that route like what does that do for you and i think in some cases it just emasculates some of these men and i'm just trying to figure out I guess when is this trend going to stop? Because it's been building up over the years with these social media people. And I'm just like, so when, at what point are you going to say, okay, this is not it. I'm going to try a different route. Or maybe this is just their thing. This is what they have to do to become credible and like Insta famous. I, I don't know. I feel like it's just cheap comedy. It like, really is though. Literally, you don't have to be funny at all. All you have to do is just throw a wig on, put on a dress and just whatever and they throw on any type of wigs too it's like <laughs> bruh you could have got a proper lace front though i'm <laughs> just saying you want to play the part but serious though yeah again I, I just think it's cheap and me personally i don't really care for them I, I never really looked at it from the perspective that you're looking at it in terms of taking the attention off of the black male and putting it on the woman and then making fun of them in the process I never looked at it that from that angle, but that's a pretty interesting way of seeing it. And I I could see where you're coming from. For me, it, it just it was funny at first because it was brand new. I'd never seen something like this on online, and 
you scroll through your timeline and it's funny or whatever, but after a while I just got, I'm like literally like, I'm seeing the same thing over and over and over again. It's like, if you're funny, you don't need to dress up as a girl every single time to be funny. But again, to each his or to own. Or be considered talented. If that's, if that's what you call acting, I suppose, or being comedy. I just, I don't feel like that has to be the angle. It's it's one thing to be versatile, but it's another thing where it's like, okay, this is what you're doing. Yeah. It's not working. And at the end of the day, I I like what you said. I think it, it is just promoting stereotypes about black women for the most part. <laughs> And, yeah, it sucks. I love my black women. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just, you know, with the yeah situation and speaking with my friend about it, I could see that. And I can understand if some men, I mean, you are open to things. That's one thing I like about Pierre. If anyone knows Pierre, he's very open to things in terms of his viewpoints. I'm not wearing a dress. <laughs> he's open to his Unless viewpoints. Unless the money's right. <laughs> see, <laughs> no, yeah, let me stop. Kidding, kidding. His viewpoints and kind of being in an all positive kumbaya world. I, I love that, you know. Thank you, you thank you. You give that perspective. But, you know, there are other men who may feel indifferent to that, saying, like, you know, I just being perceiving Yaz in a Taylor Swift outfit and killing that performance. He did a great job. But, like, why do we have to be in those kind of roles and imagery? Even though I could understand maybe in the context of a lip sync ba- battle and what they do. It's like, well, why that? Why that route? And this is kind of tied into the men in social media and how they're going about being comedics in terms of dressing up as a woman and even through, like, actors who are doing it. You know, I'm not saying only black men do it. There are white men who dress in woman clothing as well. I think the numbers are more frequent in black men. I feel that way in some aspects, but I just don't understand why. If we want to take it a step further and make it a general scale, why is it that you have to dress up as a woman to gain any kind of recognition in Hollywood or any kind of like versatility in your performance. I just don't see the premise of it. And oftentimes when they dress up as women, like if you want to just take it on another level, black men or white men dress up as women in general, I don't feel like it's anything positive being told about a woman. I just feel like it's they're harping on the negative or harping on stereotypes and exaggerate from that point. And it's just kind of like, okay. Like, I get it in the context of, you know, if you want to produce a film or you want to be funny, but it's just kind of like, I'm tired of seeing that all the time. And now it's like spilling over into social media. It's not stopping on the big screen. People want to be, they want to explore and get fancy. And now it's like, okay, now it's a bit much. (laughs) But that's the end of our show. So thank you guys for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We appreciate the support and continue to follow us. So wait, hold on. Are we gonna, are we gonna make the announcement? What announcement? So we have big news, guys. We officially are on iTunes. <laughs> you got nervous for a second. Like, I got hella nervous. I'm like, yo, what you talking wait, about? Are you now? pregnant? Don't play with me. Okay, I, I thought no, we might we're not, not be on the same We're not there. Thing. We're, okay. That's not an announcement just, to be made. Just checking. That's, no, that's a negative. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But when you do become pregnant, you can announce it on the show. <laughs> <It's> so silly. <laughs> but yeah, we're on iTunes now, so this is pretty exciting for both of us. And we really appreciate all you guys who tune in every week and check out the show. And it really means the world to us. So as always, thank you for tuning in. Please follow us on IG 
at underscore unapologetically underscore different. You can also write us on Twitter at unapologetic two underscores D. And you can also send us an email at unapologetically different at gmail.com. And I'm going to switch it up this week. Because you can also search for us on iTunes at, by searching unapologetically different. Definitely hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, and leave a review. We really appreciate it, and we love you guys. Stay tuned for our next week's episode. Bye.